this episode of the Jackson Cloud where we're talking about inner healing. I'm Casey. I'm Jamin. And I'm Olivia. And specifically within inner healing, we're going to talk about a visionary technique of sorts that I use when I'm praying with people. Um, it's one that uh, I've found. Pillar of fire? No. Any of those? Those are not the techniques you're, you're speaking of? Do you so, know how to make those appear? <laughs> no. No, 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 no. Uh, it's more of like a, a prophetic kind of gifting. So you see this throughout the Bible, right? People are having visions all the time. And we, we have a whole episode. A whole episode. Hep episode. <laughs> whole episode on visions that we've already talked about. But if you guys would remember... Um, I, uh, I try to explain visions as a daydream of sorts. Mm -hmm. Now, there are different kinds of visions. There's open visions where you see something right in front of you, but then there's other visions where I think the prophets of the Bible were disciplining themselves to subject their mental imagination to the Holy Spirit, to use it, to see what would come of that. Um, and I use this a lot when I'm praying for people for inner healing. So. We're still on this whole topic of kind of forgiveness and whatnot, uh, and this one lands in that. So, one of the coolest ways I've seen this done was we ran a uh, conference event at our church called Reveal earlier last year. Oh, back in the good old days. Yeah, before COVID, literally the weekend before. The weekend that COVID pretty much shut down the world. Um, one of the things that we did was we had, uh, I had to fill in for someone because they were afraid, you know, with COVID going on. They're like, I don't know if I should be there. I'm like, I don't know what COVID even is yet, so I don't know either. Uh, but I had to fill in for them, like the morning of. <laughs> <laughs> the morning of. So I'm like, um, okay, so we're going to try out something called uh, um, inner healing from a visionary perspective. I totally understand if nobody wants to do this, but does anyone have a problem in their life <laughs> that you would want me to counsel you through right now in front of everyone? <laughs> I was like, no one's going to bite at this. Sure enough, some lady's like, I've already given God enough today. Let's go ahead and do this. <laughs> I was like, all right. Did not expect that. Okay, here we go. So she comes up and... Um, I basically take her to the through the process. I'm like, okay, so you already know what's going on in your life. I want you to close your eyes, take a breath, relax. We're gonna just kind of daydream with Jesus about this and see where it leads. So um, create a mental space somewhere in your mind for you to go. And uh, when you feel like you've kind of like solidified that place enough, let me know. It might be a memory that God brings to you. It might just be a space between you and God to create. I, I don't know. Whatever. Anyways, sounds very mystical, but it is just the start of a daydream, right? If you're going to have a daydream, it starts with somewhere. You might be staring outside, just daydreaming about that tree. Whatever the case may be. She set up a place, and then I more or less just invited her. Okay, I want you now to bring God into the image that you're already in. Um, she brings God in, and God sometimes appears in these visions in different ways. Like the first time that I felt like I tangibly 
felt like a daydream was going in a godly direction, Jesus looked like a Funko Pop. <laughs> Funko Pop Jesus, which I've always hoped that Funko Pop would put out a Jesus because I just wanted as a memory to the first time that I really felt like... <laughs> but no! <laughs> The only Jesus that they put out is the one from The Walking Dead, which is very different. So, anyways. Um, I mean, technically that is still a Funko Pop Jesus. I, You are correct. I will <laughs> is, give you that. Is that a Jesus? No, it was Jesus. People call him Jesus in The Walking yeah. Dead because he has long hair. Because he has long hair and has the beard. And, yeah. And but his name isn't Jesus. No, his no, name's that was, Pete. That was just <laughs> the nickname. Yeah, the nickname. I think it's Pete or something. Uh, but anyways, like, that's how it was for me. Often now when I'm doing it, he shows up, well, kind of different. Jesus looks kind of like Jesus for me. God often looks like, like a lion, like Aslan or something. And the Holy Spirit sometimes looks like wind. So, and those are kind of biblical examples you could use. Um, someone else I know when I pray with them, sometimes it's kind of like a tree of sorts. Yeah, it's just different, whatever. You know, it, it, I invited her bring God into this picture in some some kind of way, and she does, and then she starts kind of praying uh, with him. And I'm like, okay, so tell me what's going on in your life. Let's bring it to the forefront. What is it that we're kind of counseling through? And she brings it up. Dad never really showed how much he appreciated her or something, and she needs to like forgive that. It may be the scenario. Maybe he still doesn't appreciate her the way that he should but there's brokenness in her because of this so in this scenario we've made up it's like okay let's now bring that before god and and see what happens um and so now let's go ahead and um say that she brings it before god and what she sees is a uh a fridge and the fridge is um got all of their brothers and sisters stuff up there, but not hers. Like this would then be like a memory that they've had that is connected to the situation. And at this point I'm like, okay, I want you to offer that to Jesus. What What's he gonna do with that? And a lot of times when you're dealing with people in inner healing, they struggle. They don't like, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's hard to make Jesus just like show up in this picture and do anything. But other times he like pops right up. So, for example, a professor friend of mine uses this technique and um, it's a heavy subject, but someone he was praying with like their, uh, their sister was being molested or they were being molested. I don't quite remember. Uh, but the professor would have them, all right, let's return to that memory, but bring Jesus into this. And for them, they saw Jesus like in the room, just bawling his eyes out, like feeling all this pain over what was happening. And for her, that was so incredibly healing that Jesus like hated this and, and hurt for her and like couldn't couldn't stand this picture you know like that that's sometimes what happens to people sometimes though they struggle with that like that's a hard situation to bring jesus into right like it's even at some point in your mind like i don't i don't know that i want to see jesus in that same difficult memory and so like sometimes there has to be like a little bit of of like let me help you out here 
So I know Jesus, and I know that he would put your stuff up on the fridge too, you know? He loves you too. So I want you to bring him into the picture. If you can't, if you can't do that for yourself with your own, own thoughts, the Bible tells us that Jesus loves us, that he cares about us. Uh, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, it's affirmation right there. Why don't you give him some of your art? Hand that to him and see what he does with it. Now I've kind of painted the picture, right? Like we're going to let the Bible do the work and Jesus is going to put that up for you and hope that this is going to be like a new kind of affirmation as well. And anyways, it, that, those are just a few examples. Um, I think a Greg Boyd, he's got a book called Escaping the Matrix. This is a great book, but he, he has this girl who comes into uh, his class when he was uh, a professor and she she knows that Jesus loves him, right? Like we all know that the Bible says that she's been a Christian her whole life. She's heard it a hundred times. She just doesn't feel it. No matter what she does, like she feels like Jesus is mad at her or something. And so he coaches her through, okay, let's enter that kind of prophetic imagination state. Now, where are you? And for her, she said, I'm at a canyon and uh, I, I don't know, I'm just at a canyon. Okay, where's Jesus? A few minutes later, she finally finds him. He's across the canyon. <laughs> and he's like, okay, well, what's he doing? Well, he's turned away from me. He's not looking at me. He's, all right, well, scream, get his attention. She's screaming, she's jumping in her imagination. Jesus refuses to turn around. And now she's like kind of crying at this point. Like, why won't he look at me? Why doesn't he care about me? And so we're seeing her subconscious at play here. They're like this, this right here isn't a Jesus moment in this particular situation, right? He's trying to do inner healing, but her brain isn't willing to bring Jesus into this uh, in the way that Jesus should be portrayed. And so uh, Boyd has to start like telling her like biblical truth, like Jesus loves you, Jesus cares about you, and and starts pulling out Bible verses to say like the image that you have of Jesus in your head, like it's not right yet. We need to fix it. And so like they spend like an hour, I think, like just trying to get Jesus to turn around until finally he turns around and and when he does, he's like wait, like hey, you know, and and then like the whole canyon chasm like comes together and connects and they come like that that was so healing for them to see Jesus in this this new place and be able to correct her brain to see Jesus as the Bible explains it so I've just given you examples so far let's pause for a minute um, we're talking about inner healing we just saw it in different ways where we're dealing with inner healing with another person and we have to bring Jesus in to help heal us in those situations we're also talking about inner healing like we're not seeing the truth of who Jesus is, and we've had to correct the way our brain thinks to bring Jesus into it. So thoughts or stories or whatever, do you have anything you want to add into it so far? Because I know I'm the only one talking. <laughs> well, you're the one that knows more yeah, about this. Well, I also, it's story-driven for the most part, so. It's, yeah, I haven't had as many examples of, say, inner healing, because, mm. I mean, in my, in most of my perspective, um, I don't know, there usually isn't enough trauma to be healed, I guess. 
I mean, humble unless, brag. No, just kidding. I mean, <laughs> that's why it's too good. What do you want from? No, just kidding. I mean, unless we're talking about you know my hatred of Christmas. But other than <laughs> but other than that, um, I don't actually really hate Christmas. It's just it's a thing anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, it's been kind of one of those things where it's just keep your head down and keep going and not focus on it. Gotcha. About you, anything? Yeah, actually, um, my youth pastor growing up definitely, um, it wasn't like necessarily anything he preached on, but we had a talk at one point about the power of imagination and how sometimes the things you imagine can be like a prayer in its own way. Um, I don't want to like give specific examples because like it was pretty personal stuff that we used the examples on like. I mean, we how can to use this? Inner heel counsel you right no, now. For no, 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 it's okay. <laughs> I didn't do that. Um, but like different situations and how just imagining the better thing happening or like imagining like pouring Jesus into the situation um, helps. Yeah. Yeah, and that would that would be the prophetic imagination at work. Uh, another book by Greg Boyd, Present Tense. He talks about praying with your imagination like that. And that that often has great impacts on the way that we care and pray for others. Um, yeah, it also has great impacts on inner healing. Uh, well, maybe you've had these experiences before. Have you ever had just a random memory come to your mind, unpleasant? You don't know why the heck it just popped up. You you haven't thought of that in like a decade. Why was that there? You've had it? Yes. Um, I have what's called anxiety, which means <laughs> this is a frequent occurrence. Okay. All right. What about you? Uh, I mean, sometimes. Yeah. It, I mean... Yeah, sometimes like I can usually follow the trail of what happened to remind me, mm -hmm. but normally, uh, yeah, in the first moment when I get it, I'm just like, what? And then I'm like trying to diagnose where I figured that out or where, like yeah. what triggered the thing to, to spark or to happen. So sometimes that's just your brain processing things, right? Obviously, you know, natural science going on. Sometimes though, it's God, so like, some of the clearest, like people say, like, I've heard God's voice. We've done episodes on that. Usually God's voice sounds like something disconnected from what you have going on in the moment. Like one morning I woke up. I don't even remember what the word was at this point. But like I woke up thinking, got to get the kids ready for school. Got to eat breakfast. Got to do this. Got to do that. And then like the very next thought is like, Success for your day it is not balanced around it. You know, like something, it wasn't that. But it was something so, like, just completely. Pardon this commercial break. That's mind. what it felt like. That is what it felt like. <laughs> I finished whatever that thought was, and I wrote about it in my first book. I just don't remember right off the top of my head. I finished whatever that first thought was, and it was over. I was like, 
what? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> and I stopped and I thought over it and it used a word that I would never use. And I like, I pulled out my phone, I looked it up in a dictionary and it matched very well exactly the context in which it was used. I was like, what on earth was that? And I realized in that moment, like, yeah, that did not belong in my train of thought. That was a thought planted for me for the day for something to think about and chew on as I start my day that God just speaking in that moment. So like, that's unusual, but your thoughts, your memories can do the same thing too. Sometimes, sometimes it's not just like science. Sometimes you just have a thought pop up and that's God's way of saying like, you need to deal with this because you didn't know that you need to deal with this. Right. Like the, the first person, who came up to me at that Pentecostal church like, you need to learn to cry again. I'm like, that wasn't on my radar. Not one of the things that I was working on. And then the second lady a month later, you need to learn to cry again. I'm like, who are you people? Why are you talking to one another? You know, like <laughs> those things weren't on my radar. They interrupted. They didn't belong there. And that was God's way of putting in my attention. So that's part of the beauty of what the visionary can do is you're turning your whole thoughts over to God, or you're intentionally coming to the table with something that you, you're telling God, I need to work on this. So for me, it was, uh, I had just finished creating my Narnia album, I think. I was running on that one. I was running on like four hours of sleep or two. I don't, actually, I don't think I slept. It's the first time I like pulled an all-nighter by accident. <laughs> I was just, almost done with the album. And I was like overwhelmed with like, ah, I gotta finish this, this is my favorite thing I've done. Um, and so I'm tired and Beckett wouldn't go to bed and I just like screamed at the top of my lungs like, listen, go to bed, you know? And then uh, I was so mad, like I laid down and the only thing I could do was like, give my imagination over to God. And like, he just pounded me with a very, <laughs> It was a convicting, it wasn't con condemning, but a very convicting image, uh, vision for me like walking through this greenhouse and just everything and it was dead. And I was writing a book at the time about the fruit of the spirit. He's like, here's your garden. I'm like, this is my, I'm writing about the fruit of the spirit. You're saying, oh, my fruit is dead. This hurts. <laughs> you know, I was like, here's the room of peace. I'm like, that's what I wrote about the most. Why does it look like that? You know, I was like, well, it's a strong fruit in your thinking, but you need to grow it more. Like, ah! yeah. So like, anyways, I turned my thoughts over to God for inner healing because I know I should not have yelled at my son like this. And God just like, I'm crying, lying in my bed. <laughs> and Jody's like, what are you crying about? I'm like, I don't want to talk right now. <laughs> it uh, hurts so bad. <laughs> you, know, like, you just had to have a good cry. Yeah, but like, <laughs> I've never had a moment like that. Like this wasn't like a, my eyes were opened and I saw everything. No, it was just like, I'm daydreaming very painfully right now. <laughs> it's like, but that was inner healing on me. Like God brought me, I think, back to that same garden, if you will, like a week later or whatever, and like stuff started to sprout up. And the idea was like essentially, unless I forced that one, I think it was God saying like, okay, you've turned it over to me now, now we can work on this, you know? Um, same thing when I was writing that book, uh, I found it very hard to concentrate on writing and to take interruptions. 
So if my kids would interrupt me while I'm writing, like I'd suddenly be just like very angry because like my brain couldn't do both at the same time, take care of my kids and write. It was too much of a deep like mental commitment. And I wrote in the dedication that like God just taught me, you know, like can't write a book about me and lose your soul in the process. So I dedicate this to my kids because I, <laughs> I, I kind of like was losing a little bit of my kindness while trying to write about kindness. And that was just another like kind of God thought interrupting the other thoughts, you know? So, uh, mostly giving examples. I mostly haven't shut up since we started. Um, sorry guys. <laughs> But try it out sometimes. What is bothering you? What is hard? What can't you deal with? What has you falling apart? Bring your daydream before God, see where it leads. It takes practice, you can't do it right away, but you would be amazed at how powerfully God can bring inner healing through the process of handing over your visionary type life. I've done this with other people where the things that they say are just like so, gives you shivers like, <gasps> Your brain's not smart enough to think of that. Holy cow, I can't believe that you just like, that's what you saw in your vision. <gasps> oh my gosh. You know, like, you gotta be there. Like, I, I can't even like, it's just crazy. <laughs> but like, you just, you gotta offer it over to God and he has ways of, of, of bringing healing through that. Welcome to today's episode of the Jackson Cloud, where we're talking about inner hearing in the inner hearing, inner healing in the canal. <laughs> if you were to take a deep glimpse using a, a doctoral needle of sorts, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> Let's make it official. 